from the press box right here on the AHL Report, the first episode of the brand new year in 2019. I am your host, Amy Johnson, the lead correspondent here at AHL Report. And of course, I'm joined every week and in this brand new year by my fantastic co-host, the one and only Mr. Rick Stevens. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to all of our listeners and readers on AHL.Report. And uh, yeah, I hope you had a great holiday and and, uh, we're going to have a great 2019, I'm sure. We are going to have a spectacular 2019. Um, yeah, it's going to, we've, we've moved on up into 2019, and it's going to be great. Um, and this show is going to be pretty great because it's pretty packed. But mm-hmm. I feel like that's a uh, recurring theme from every week of our show. Uh, we're going to review uh, the Rocket played a few, the Laval Rocket played a few games over the course of the holiday break, um, which wasn't so much of a break for them, but uh, they played a few games. We're going to talk about how those went down uh, as well as some roster moves, including the latest. There are, there's some roster moves happening today as well. Um, As well as uh, there's some, some people who've been out uh, injured and we're going to give some updates on them and when they are projected to come back. Uh, Then we're going to take a look around the AHL. There's some uh, notable trades that have happened in the last week, uh, two of which we want to uh, just take a a closer look at uh, as far as just the significance of them and and potential ramifications. Um, Talk a little bit about uh, there's an AHL team in the Eastern Conference uh, who just renewed their NHL affiliation uh, and so we're going to talk about that a bit, as well as discuss the the league's player of the week and award winners from the month of December. Um, the All-Star Classic is this month. We have officially hit All-Star Month, and so the coaches for the All-Star Weekend have been announced. We will quickly go over those. And then we're going to take a quick spin over to the World Juniors, because, of course, that's really what Christmas is all about. <laughs> well, post-Christmas. Christmas and New Year's is all about World Juniors. And so with the preliminary rounds complete uh, and uh, gameplay for the knockout rounds officially starting today, um, we're going to just talk a little bit about how the teams have done and, and some notable prospects and how they've looked before we take a look at what's uh, on tap for coverage this week ahead. Phew. A bit. But before we get there. Before? There's always that, that National Day thing that, that everyone's oh, wondering yeah. about. Mm-hmm. And it's a new year. so It is a new year. A whole new set of National Days. Woohoo! I guess, maybe not. I don't know. We'll probably repeat a do couple. We, do we ha- is there food involved? Because I'm hungry. Well, um... Kind of competing days here, I think, because January 2nd today that we're recording is National Cream Puff Day. Cream Puff Day? National Cream Puff Day. Um, But it's also National Personal Trainer Awareness Day. Um, (laughs) Gee, I wonder why. (laughs) Yeah. It's probably the one day of the year that they get hired the most. If you've made your resolutions 
No, I think I think it's just saying, you know, I'm aware that there is a thing called a personal trainer. A personal trainer. And then trainer. you move on from that, you know. Yeah, okay. anything about it. Yeah. It, okay. It's National Personal Trainer Awareness Day, so All right. We're aware. We're aware but that mo- most importantly, most yeah. importantly, it's National Science Fiction Day. Ooh. Mhm. I think this means that I'm going to need, you know, I'm already going to be up late tonight uh, covering the Laval game, but I think this means I might have to stay up even later after that to watch some sort of good sci-fi flick. I mean, it's only proper. It's only proper. And today uh, would have been the 99th birthday of Isaac Asimov, um, and that's the, the day was chosen to commemorate his birthday. Isaac Asimov wow. being one of the um, as big three, as they're, they're referred to, um, science mm-hmm. fiction writers. Uh, Isaac, Isaac Asimov, Arthur C. Clarke, Arthur C. Clarke, his uh, collaboration with Stanley Kubrick in 2001, Space Odyssey, mm-hmm. um, Robert Heinlein was the other one, uh, but Asimov known for um, a lot of things. I Robot um, was a book that he wrote, and then, mm-hmm. then there was a series that came out. Uh, but he was he was a good friend of Gene Roddenberry and and collaborated on a few of the the Star Trek movies. So, um, ooh, yeah. oh, so maybe I, maybe I'll have to watch a Star Trek episode, like a classic Star Trek episode tonight. Yeah, or uh, the he was involved. He was a consultant on the original Star Trek, the motion picture or something. It was called the original one, the oh you know, the Viger one, the the Viger oh, nice. where the, the Voyager probe and then it accumulated power. And, oh yeah, yeah. And just wanted to be a consciousness kind of thing. Remember that? I do. Okay, yeah. well, I'm gonna have to gonna have to like queue up one of those. Alarm clock tomorrow morning be damned. It's got to be done. <laughs> so happy National Science Fiction Day on this January 2nd. Love it. Love it. Science fiction is a good genre. And um, well, and now that it's 2019, uh, that also means that we have officially reached the year of the original Blade Runner, right? Ah, it's twenty nineteen. Hmm. It's not. We haven't quite. We'll 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 see. It's January second, and when I look out my window, it's not quite the god awful dystopian future that <laughs> was predicted yet. But but the year is young. <laughs> Can cars fly yet? No, I think they're getting close. Hmm. I I think they're getting close. I don't think that I'm going to get into one until they're super mainstream. So I'm going to bet that that's not going to be the case this year. Not this year. But before we, I guess, move on into 2019, Are you really let's a take... replicant? Is that, is that what you're Am trying I a replicant? <laughs> no answer. Is this, is this question part of the test, Mr. Deckard? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Oh, and all of our Blade Runner fan followers are wildly applauding and everyone else is going, okay, 
Are we here for the hockey? <laughs> um, so before we launch head first into 2019, let's just take one more little toe in the water in 2018 and just look at how the Laval Rocket decided to end the calendar year, shall we? Um, since we last all gathered here, the Laval Rocket have played four games. Um, three of them were at home. One was at on the road in Belleville. Um, before Christmas, the last game that they played was a game. Um, it was a very early afternoon game um, against Toronto. Um, at Place Bell, they played at one o'clock in the afternoon, um, and Laval actually lost that one two to nothing. They were shut out by the Marlies um, in that game, um, and it's it's fun. Etienne, I, I've said I, well, we're going to talk about goaltending here in a little bit, um, but Etienne Mar- Marcoux was in net for that game, so two nothing, Toronto. Toronto won. Um, Etienne Marcoux managed to get second star in that game, if that tells you anything about that game. Uh, facing 31 shots, so 29 saves on that day. But we'll talk about that a little bit more in a few minutes. Uh, then after the Christmas break, uh, Laval went to Belleville, where they dropped uh, they dropped another game. That one was a 6-4 to four loss. Uh, then they came home for two games against the Charlotte Checkers, who are at the top of the league in the standings. Um, and much to maybe many folks' surprise, they beat Charlotte in the first game 4-2 to two, um, with a PTO-signed goaltender in net. And then the next day, they lost to Charlotte in overtime 5-4. to four. So... Not stellar, um, but they came out of the three and three uh, after Christmas, probably with one more point than they thought they were going to. Uh, getting um, getting that overtime, getting to overtime in that second Charlotte game, um, and frankly, getting getting the win over the Checkers uh, on Friday night was a pretty big accomplishment for this team. Um, with Charlie Lindgren still out with injury, and as we're going to speak about on a little bit Michael McNiven not available either um so Rick it was it's kind of and it's it's this constant back and forth you know they 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 get blanked by Toronto um they put up four goals in Belleville on the road so they play a decent road game in Belleville but ended up losing you know get get completely dominated in the third period and end up losing that one six to four and then they turn around and they beat the the guys at the top of the league um, by two goals the next night and, and take that team to force overtime the following day. So I know we've said the word consistency a lot since the beginning of the season, but I just feel like consistency is still something that the team is looking for. Um, even though thankfully they did get, they did get some wins this weekend. Well, I think we've talked about this team riding emotions and, and, and being a slave to their emotions almost, uh, you know, that there isn't the consistency uh, because there isn't the, the kind of um, 
the, the elements that, that make a consistent team. And um, I think, you know, in that game against Toronto, um, we've talked about Toronto all year. Uh, they've, uh, um, the, the Leafs can't keep the puck out of the net. They can't. Uh, the goaltending has been awful. Uh, and they've they've done something about that, um, which we'll talk about later. But um, for Lavelle not to score a goal, um, I, I I don't know how many shutouts uh, that Toronto has had this this season, but uh, I doubt there's been many because uh, it's it's usually four or five they're giving up. They're at the bottom of the the I think 27th or thereabouts, 28th maybe in in goals against uh, per game. Um, and in that game, they came out and, and had uh, Laval did had just two shots in the first period at home. Um, yeah. And you've, you've got to be disappointed uh, when those kinds of things happen. Uh, they've been winning more this season uh, at home um, mm-hmm. than, than last season. Certainly that's, there's no question there. Um, right. But um, you know, a game against, uh, a, a huge rival in in the Marlies at home, um, and and a team that that uh, is scored on a lot, and 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 you know you get shut out and and only uh, um, take two shots in the first period. That that that's pretty disappointing. Well, and Frank, and never never break double digits in shots in any period of that game. Two shots in the first, nine in the second, eight in the third. That's just not going to cut it. Um, just not going to cut it. So that's what you take into your, into their short Christmas break. Um, and then coming out of that, they've got a three and three, which, you know, this doesn't happen in the NHL. So perhaps, you know, those of you who are maybe new to paying attention to the AHL this season, uh, this is something that's new to you, but it's it's pretty old hat for people who play in the AHL regularly where uh, teams um, will play three games in three days. It happens quite often, whether and typically it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, sometimes a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um and the and Laval came out of the Christmas holiday with their first three and three of the season um, schedule. And now keep in mind, I think I want to say, and I could be wrong on this. It it may have been last season that Laval had six three and threes over the whole season. I mean, it was something ridiculous like that. They were they and, and imagine trying to play three games in three days, and usually the third game is a matinee because. Uh, if it's Laval and they're at home, they always play a matinee in the, in the afternoon on Saturdays. Or if they're on the road, most Sunday games are a matinee. So you're playing a lot of hockey in a very short span of time. And in this instance, it was one game on the road and then two at home. Um, so they go into Belleville. Uh, Etienne Marcoux getting the start in net because uh, Carey Price uh, was um, – sidelined with an injury so with Charlie Lindgren still not back uh, Rick Michael McNiven got recalled to the Canadians on emergency basis so that left now suddenly there's we, we talked I think the last in the last episode about um, you know goaltending and how 
with Charlie Lindgren out, it was re- relying on, on McNiven and Marcoux. Well, now McNiven's called up. And so now you've got Marcoux and they signed an ATO and a PTO that day. I think they had an emergency uh, goaltender from Belleville as the backup that night. Um, and Etienne Marcoux ends up giving, giving up um, five of the six goals against the sixth one was in a empty net goal and and they drop another division game to Belleville uh, six to four. So here they're shooting, but they still can't finish. It's all, it seems to be that third period finish that they, that they constantly have trouble with. Yeah. The, the, the three, the three and three thing, uh, as you said, it typically takes place less than 72 hours. Um, and, in this case, it was a it was a relatively short road trip to Belleville, then two at home. So really, a, you know, not a bad. I, I know three and three is difficult for for any team, but as as you said, um, this the the Laval Rocket, the the St. John's Ice Caps have um, had a three and three uh, far more regularly uh, than than we've seen in this season. And certainly other teams um, have it more, have them more often. And, and, and it, you know, when you're in Utica and Rochester, and if you have three games on the road uh, in, in 72 hours, that's, that's really tough. In this yeah. case, it was, it was, it was easier for, uh, for Laval, not that their opponent was easy, um, you know, in, in Charlotte. Uh, so give them credit for, um uh, playing well uh, and and picking up the uh, the one win, but um, I, I don't think anybody should be shedding any tears for uh, uh, the three and three business. It's just part uh, part and parcel of the the schedule uh, in the AHL that's that's used. Um, you know, they're working around oftentimes an NHL schedule as mm-hmm. as Laval does with Montreal. Um, and, and they're working around their building schedule and, and trying to maximize their their attendance. So um, it's just something that's 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 common to the AHL that that uh, as you say might be might be a little different for those who are, are looking in uh, only with NHL eyes. Absolutely. Now those two games against Charlotte, you know, they so they leave Belleville Thursday night on the loss. They come come back home to play Charlotte on Friday night. Um, the two games against Charlotte were were quite, um, especially the Friday night game, very testy, uh, very physical, a lot of fights. Uh, Michael Pizzetta fought two games in a row against uh, uh, against this particular team, um, which you know it's not something we usually see from him. I think there were two or three different fights on, on Friday night, uh, very physical. So a lot of time in the penalty box, uh, Laval is still struggling on the power play, uh, in those three games over the weekend, they only scored one power play goal. And that was on Saturday. Um, credit to them for, you know, they came out with a lot of energy and, and this is, this is a case where Charlotte had not yet played since, uh, being off for the Christmas break. Whereas Laval played, that first game in Belleville on Thursday night. So Laval was kind of, kind of came out with a lot of energy. 
forechecking pretty strongly, and Charlotte looked like it was taking them a long time to get their skating legs back underneath of them, and that could have worked. The schedule might have just worked to Laval's advantage um, because there were also other call-ups. You know, we've talked about that um, ridiculously strong defensive core that Laval has been graced with uh, for the last couple of weeks with with the – the core of NHL caliber players uh, on the back end. Well, Noah Juleson went out with an injury in Belleville. Um, Simone Dupre was released from his PTO to go play in the Spengler cup. And Carl Alsner was recalled to Montreal. So suddenly Rick blue line is looking more like an AHL blue line. Um, (laughs) And even has Michael Moravchik uh, finally getting some ice time and getting back into play. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, over the month of December, everyone was talking about how smothering the Laval defense was. Can they keep that up now that they don't have all of those uh, NHL guys back there? And you didn't mention um, that uh, that huge addition that they made in, in the PTO to Simone Dupre. Um, yes. Uh, he he was um, whisked off to the Spengler Cup. Um, that, that whole situation is so bizarre that yeah. an organization would give up a top spot, uh, especially a, you know a, a top pairing, uh, to prep somebody uh, so they can go to the Spengler Cup. Uh, where in four games, uh, Simone Dupre got one assist and. Uh, and Canada, unfortunately, um, uh, lost uh, in a shootout. Zach Pacali, uh, although Zach played really well, um, Canada yes, lost, in, uh, lost the f- final in uh, in a shootout, eight-round shootout, I believe. Uh, Pazetta, interestingly, um, he's a great guy. He's, he's always there to stand up for, for teammates, and, and we remember that he's, he's done that a couple of times in even the, the rookie tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, jumping in for uh, Nikita Sherback a couple couple of rookie camps back and uh, defending teammates. Um, and he's up now to, uh, with that activity uh, last weekend, He he's up to fourth in um, major penalties um, in the league. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> If we're keeping that step, yeah. if we're if we're keeping track of those kinds of things, well, um, you know, Joel Bouchard did make it quite obvious, uh, even during the rookie tournament this year, that he expects guys to stand up for one another. Um, it's funny. I hear. I did hear. I'm going to try to recall. It might have even been, it may have been during that Friday night Charlotte game where there were so many fights um, that I believe it was, I was listening to Jason Shia's uh, call of the game, uh, who is the play-by-play for the Charlotte checkers. Um, And one of the fights, it, it was like every time there was a gigantic hit, whether it was open ice or along the boards, then gloves were dropped and somebody stood up for the other guy. Um, and and I found it interesting that Jason uh, Shia mentioned that are we getting to a point where every time someone gets hit, whether it was clean or not, we're going to have a fight. Like, mm. but but if if Joel Bouchard is, you know, making that such a big 
priority or, or you know, directive uh, starting as early as the rookie tournament, then sure, guys like Michael Pizzetta, who are young and want to want to please the coach and, and want to make an impact, seem to be right in there. <laughs> making it known. And he did, he did say that he felt um, on Saturday that uh, the team needed a big wake up call. The bench needed, needed to, to get fired up. And so that's why he chose to fight on Saturday. The, the, those two games were odd um, in the goaltending matchup as well, because mm-hmm. uh, Nadelkovic who's been, who's been very good for, for Charlotte and, and one of the most used goaltenders um this season um that was the game that Laval won mm-hmm. um uh, playing against him and then um Scott Darling who you know was probably expected to be a backup in in Carolina and has had a pretty rotten season uh both with the Hurricanes and the Checkers um he won his matchup against Laval um in overtime mind you but but uh, yeah, he came away with a a win and 33 saves uh, that particular night. And interestingly enough, that game that they won against Charlotte on Friday night was with one of was with the PTO goaltender that Laval had signed just the day before. That is Connor Lacouve, uh, plays for guess who? The Maine Mariners. And. Um, he so kudos to him. Uh, he 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 played an outstanding game uh, against a very strong shooting uh, Charlotte Checkers team, um, and I think he was kind of um, floating on cloud nine a bit uh, after the game, getting his first AHL win, and I think just the whirlwind of the 24 hours of getting the call up and and getting a win getting a win at home and getting a win against the top league in the team. Um, our Chris G was, was in the, the locker room after the game and, and got some audio of uh, a very excited Connor Lacouve on how he, how, how everything happened for his call up. Maine Mariners in Portland. So we had pregame skate there and I was just uh, cooling down in the locker room. And then Danny Breer, our uh, VP of hockey, I, you guys know who that is. He just called me into the uh, coach's room and was just like, hey, um, going to Laval, you need a goalie. Price got hurt. So then <laughs> we were kind of trying to figure out the, the flight situation, but I guess it was just quicker for me to drive up. So drove up, got checked into the hotel, and unwrapped a couple Christmas presents that I got from my parents. <laughs> and, yeah, that was that. You know, it's it's always delightful to hear these these guys that are – you know, they don't do a lot of media down in the ECHL and, and it's a big moment. Um, and you could just hear the, he's just kind of talking as he's thinking. <laughs> really, really nice uh, story for Connor Lacoube. Just laying it all out and, and yeah, just really <laughs> excited and, and, uh, and really in the moment. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure his, his teammates were, were very happy for him as well. Absolutely. I'm going to play one more short clip of his. Uh, he had a really big point blank glove save that was that was kind of spectacular. Everybody oohed and odd about it. And so he was asked about it after the game. And and again, his uh, just just the very kind of uh, youthful response, uh, but excited response was was worth listening to. 
Yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, just uh, uh, just kind of saw the rebound. I kind of thought the whistle blew, to be honest, but I just saw him kind of winding up and thought, why not? Might as well, right? I'm here. <laughs> I thought, why not? <laughs> I might as well. Why not? <laughs> I'm here, aren't I? <laughs> so good for Connor Lacoube. Congrats to him. Um Word, he he is still on the roster. He's still there on his PTO. Um, We're going to talk about injury updates here in a little bit. But uh, word is, no official confirmation yet, but there's there's speculation that he might be getting the start again tonight uh, for Laval's game. It'll be his third start. He he has won one and lost one. Um, So we'll have to see what happens there. Um, But... The interesting thing, Rick, is that now Michael McNiven just hours ago was just reassigned back to Laval again. And uh, according to Anthony Marcotte over at 91.9 Sports, Charlie Lindgren was at practice and participating in practice today. So there hasn't been any word that Lindgren is ready to play again. Um, but now... Now it looks like everybody, everything's coming back all at the same time. We don't know what's going to happen tonight, but um, interesting to see McNiven uh, get sent down right away today since the Habs decided to reactivate Carey Price off of IR. Yeah, and I'd, I'd expect McNiven to get a couple of starts. Uh, the last last anyone speculated was that, that Lindgren was still, you know, a week or so away. Um, yeah. And you certainly don't want to, to unnecessarily rush him back. Um, you know, McNiven was playing pretty well. Um, once he got kind of um, acclimatized and realized that, 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 uh, that he was the number one guy before the call up um, and uh, didn't get into any action in Montreal, but um you know, just that experience, he should, uh, you know, feel good about himself and, and be, be ready to uh, get in for some game action. And, and so expect, maybe not tonight, but I'm sure we'll see him very soon. So that's uh, probably soon on um, on McNiven getting into the game. As far as injuries go, like I said, uh, Charlie Lindgren was practicing this morning. So hopefully that means that Lindgren's return is imminent. Um, we have been made aware that Noah, uh, Noah Juleson will not yet return uh, to play tonight. He is still out with that injury sustained in the Belleville game. However, Byron Fraze, who also was injured in that game, uh, will have only missed two games. Um, he will be, it looks like he will be back in the lineup today. He was a full participant in practice this morning. So, uh, and no word on Hayden Verbeek's return yet uh, as well. Uh, So those are the updates for the guys who have been out with injury uh, for a little while. Um, And Rick, you know, there's, so there's, there's three games this week, kind of a more of a regular schedule. They've got Belleville again tonight. It's, it's, again, it's one of those things, these divisional, rivalries where you play each other 12 times in a year. I feel like every other minute they're playing Belleville. Um, so they've got Belleville again tonight, which um, Ottawa was just involved with a trade today that we're going to talk about in the next segment. Um, and then they've got Rochester coming in for two games this weekend. And, and you've particularly been very keen on 
high performance level of the Rochester Americans so far this season. What, let me just ask you, what do you think, you know, is, are the biggest things that, that Laval will, will need to focus on to, to get through this spate of three home games? Yeah, I think, um, you know, the, the, they, they have to take advantage. They've been doing a better job, a uh, much better job playing at home um, this season, but, but they, mm-hmm. they really have to take uh, advantage of, uh, of being at home. Um, you know, they, they've creeped up um, a little in the standings. Um, they're, they're 27th in the league, uh, 456 winning percentage. They're on, a, 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 they've won uh, five of their last 10 games. Um, you know, I, 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 I think they really need to work on the, um, the improving the special teams because that's, that's what's for sure. You know, they've been doing a decent job uh, keeping the puck out of the net. Uh, they've gotten decent goaltending, certainly when Charlie Lindgren was, uh, was manning the crease. And then with the addition of all the NHL caliber uh, defensemen, um, they're 10th overall in, in, in goals given up. So uh, where they have trouble is scoring, uh, where they mm-hmm. have trouble is on the power play. Um, and, you know, you're going to face a team like Rochester, who is pretty good. Um, they've, they've um, you know, they've, they've ticked down a bit. Uh, they're, they're below uh, Syracuse now. Um, just barely um, in the in the standings, uh, but um, uh, they've got a good power play, and 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 that's gonna, I think, that's gonna be the the deciding factor in in the games. Uh, and and like I said, uh, Laval's gonna have to start using their home ice advantage to their advantage, and 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 uh, put some pucks in the net, um, which they've had a lot of trouble doing this year. <laughs> they certainly have. Well, let's let's hope that they uh, take your take your advice and and hopefully they can start doing some of those things this week. We will have to see. We, however, are going to take a quick break uh, for uh, just a brief uh, commercial break. When we come back, we're going to head around the AHL and talk a little bit about some trades uh, and some other teams uh, around the league and uh, some awards that were handed out uh, this week. So. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right after this brief message. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. Rick, in our first segment, uh, you you were 
talking a lot about um, the Toronto Marlies and the game that Laval played against them in which they uh, couldn't even barely muster any shots on goal. Um, and, and you alluded to the fact that, of course, <laughs> Toronto has had trouble keeping the puck out of their net this season. Uh, Goaltending has been an issue. Um, and one of touch first on a couple of trades that have happened in the AHL uh, over the last few days, the first of which was on Saturday between the Florida Panthers and the Toronto Maple Leafs, where the Maple Leafs sent a fifth round pick in the 2020 NHL draft to Florida. But in return, they got to be a, a, an interesting piece of the puzzle for the Marlies from Florida. Uh, Michael Hutchison, um, who's coming from the Panthers, um, and, and an experienced goaltender, um, mm-hmm. he, he's, we saw him in, in, uh, with Springfield this year. Um, and, uh, the, he, most of his experiences has been in the Winnipeg Jets organization, um, where um, he was a backup uh, for the most part with the Winnipeg Jets, uh, was also a member of the Manitoba Moose, uh, and played pretty well actually. Um, he he was uh, he's uh, this goes back to 2008. He was originally drafted by Boston, um, but um, you know he's he's going to help the, the the we've talked about the goaltending in in Toronto um, all season, and that was was caused by the, um, you know, losing a couple of, of goaltenders they didn't expect to lose uh, off waivers right at the beginning of the season. And um, and so they were left with, a, you know, a ragtag group for the Marlies, and, and they've really struggled. And, and um, this, this should really help. This should um, be a big help to to the Marlies um, who can still score, but, but they're having trouble with uh, keeping the puck out of the net. And Michael Hutchinson should, uh, should definitely help with that. And so it could be, uh, could be very interesting for Laval the next time they face their division rivals. uh, If they've got the likes of Michael Hutchinson uh, guarding that crease for Toronto. Then earlier today, um, really interesting trade between the Vancouver Canucks and the Ottawa Senators. Um, Exchanging a couple of forwards and exchanging a couple of goaltenders, um, Anders Nielsen and forward Darren Archibald uh, heading out of the Vancouver organization over to Ottawa. And in return, they're getting goaltender, oh, pack your bags again, Mr. Mike McKenna, uh, former um, Montreal Canadian forward Tom Pyatt, and a 2019 sixth-round draft pick, Um it's already been mentioned. It's already been announced that Pyatt will report to Utica um, and, and Utica is losing Darren Archibald who has been playing there for, it feels like a really long time. Um, Tad, he's had 379 career AHL games between Utica and Chicago, but a lot of them I know were with, were with the Comets. So um, really interesting trade. And, and there's, there's goaltender Mike McKenna on the move yet again. And good for Mike McKenna. He holds <laughs> a spot wherever he goes, and and he plays decently. And and uh, mm-hmm. you know he's he's had a couple of of, uh, of very good playoff runs, and and uh, um, 
Yeah, good for him. He he gets to try on another another jersey. Tom Pyatt, Tom Pyatt, Tom Pyatt. Where do I know oh. that name? Yeah. Where do I know that name from? Mm. Oh, he was the guy that came from the New York Rangers. Tom Pyatt, yeah. Mike Busto, and who is the other guy? Oh yeah, Scott Gomez. When uh, when the Canadians traded away uh, Ryan McDonough. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pavel Dolentenko and, and uh, Doug Janik. Um, but uh, yeah, Ryan McDonough traded to to the Rangers uh, for Tom Pyatt and Scotty Gomez. Uh, one of the worst <laughs> trades ever. And uh, whenever I hear Tom Pyatt's name, that's the first thing, the very first thing that will come to mind. Funny thing is, um, Vancouver is in Ottawa to play tonight. Um, And it looks like, I believe, uh, let me see if I get this, get this right here. I might not be able to find it again uh, right away, but um, I believe McKenna was supposed to back up, be the backup for the senators tonight. Uh, he will now be backing up Vancouver in the same building. <laughs> so he's just got to switch locker rooms. <laughs> Walk across the hall, yeah. Just walk across <laughs> the hall, <laughs> you know. Um, so, and 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 it's it's being widely circulated as well that this means that it's time for Thatcher Demko to get a call up to Vancouver. Uh, Vancouver management has said that it's time to give him a look uh, in the NHL and see where he's at. Uh, so... Stick tap to Thatcher Demko for when that does happen. It's, it's well deserved. He is plenty. Plenty call him the the future of of the crease there in Vancouver. Uh, so hopefully he'll be able to to impress um, when he gets his look uh, in the NHL here soon with with this trade happening. So, and again, Utica is another one of those. Uh, division rivals for uh, the Laval Rockets. So this will have an effect both, actually both with um, Mike McKenna, depending on where Mike McKenna stays, if he stays uh, with the Senators or if he ends up getting sent to Utica. However, with um, Tom Pyatt uh, now going to Utica, I don't know how much of an impact that will have against Laval, but Darren Archibald now will be playing likely for the Belleville Senators. Um, and he's can usually be pretty pesky uh, for Laval uh, in, in games. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out, but a, but a pretty big, pretty big trade happening there today uh, with some AHL consequences. Speaking, speaking of, of oh, speaking of the, the future of the crease, um, mm-hmm. uh, the future of the Maple Leafs crease. We're talking about their difficult goal uh, goaltending situation. Yeah. Uh, but in the World Juniors, we've we've got a chance to see maybe the future um, or part mm-hmm. of the future anyway. And and that is Ian Scott, um, mm-hmm. who's only I mean he's uh, for Team Canada. He's backing up uh, Michael DiPietro. Uh, and has only gotten in one game so far, but uh, he's having a sensational season in Prince Albert uh, for the Raiders. And um, and Ian Scott, we saw he got into at the end of his 
WHL season, he got into uh, a game during the playoff, the Marlies playoff run, their Calder Cup, Cup playoff run uh, last year against the Phantoms, and and uh, Ian Scott uh, played one game uh, for the the Marlies, and uh, I'm sure they're um, they're looking forward to having him um, uh, move up and and, and uh, help solve some of their uh, goaltending issues, and uh, he looked pretty good in the in the one game that he got into in the World Juniors as well. He ha- and and as you say, you know, it's 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 what's I think that's what is one of the most interesting aspects of tournaments like the World Juniors. And I know we're going to talk about the World Juniors in the next segment uh more extensively, but it's really it is a chance for fans, for scouts, for management to really get a good look at who could be the future. Um and practically anyone who's anyone in the NHL made an impact likely at some point for their country's team in the world junior tournament. And, um, you know, it's otherwise you might not be talking about Ian Scott right now. Um, so as you say, could be, could be a glimpse into the future for Toronto as well, which they obviously need right now. Um, we were just talking about the Vancouver Canucks and the Utica Comets. Um, and this was a question, Rick, that you have raised uh, in the past, as, as especially when the Canadians moved their affiliate from St. John's to Laval. Um, and the trend more and more these days is that um, NHL teams – prefer to keep are preferring now to keep their AHL affiliates geographically pretty close to home so that uh, recalls uh, and send downs and whatnot are, are fairly easy to execute travel wise uh, aren't too much of a headache and, and you can get players back and forth relatively quickly on an emergency basis if you would need it. Um, and I remember, I remember you posing a question um, to uh, Ben Burnell at, it, our our colleague um, who covers the Utica Comets about how, you know what's what's the feeling with the Canucks Vancouver's AHL affiliate is all the way on the other side of North America um, and that question has been answered for us today um, as the Vancouver Canucks extended their AHL affiliate deal with the Comets for another six years so that's a that's a pretty firm stance on you know what? It's okay that they're across the, across on the other side of the coast. We like it in Utica. Well, I remember talking with someone in the, the Utica organization and, and uh, they came at it with a kind of a very different philosophy um, in that the, the level of competition uh, that, that uh, their players get in that hub, that, that, um, um, you know, central New York hub um, mm-hmm. is, is more advantageous to them than having an affiliate uh, next door. And, and we wondered if that um, philosophy would, would change uh, given that we've just had a, uh, you know, a, a new NHL franchise uh, granted to, to Seattle and, and there, the expectation is that there's going to be a, you know, a rivalry between Vancouver and Seattle and, and would there be a rivalry, um, you know, between some, um, an AHL affiliate, um, as well. Um, but uh, this, this, I think just 
uh, as you said, answers that clearly and, and reinforces the philosophy that they have. They see the competition. They also see Utica being, being a very strong hockey town. They're, they're, it um, really is. It's a great place, a great atmosphere uh, for uh, the Canucks prospects uh, because they get great fan support. Uh, uh, I, a be- not, not a, not a gorgeous rink, but, but just a, a, a terrific rink to play in. Um, mm-hmm. The, the, the environment is, is, uh, is loud and, and um, excited every single night. And, and so um, it shows that there's, you know, there's, there's not just one, one way to do this. There's not just one uh, there's, there are not just advantages to having your, affiliate close. And, you know, we talked about that quite extensively in moving, um, you know, St. When St. John's was moving to uh, Laval, a, the uh, mm-hmm. Canadians moving their um, AH, AHL affiliate, that there was some downside to it as well. And the, the, the scrutiny and the pressure and, and um, um, some of the media comments uh, were not always healthy for, for, um, uh, the the team uh, for the the prospects. So right. um, there's like I said, there's there's pros and cons, and and we're seeing here the Vancouver Canucks are are saying, no, we're very happy with uh, with the arrangement in Utica and the kind of environment we have for our prospects. Absolutely, and and Jim Benning, the the GM of of the Canucks, is is quoted as saying, "We believe the culture in Utica." combined with the great fan support and atmospheric games will continue to be beneficial for the players in our system, which is essentially exactly what you just said. Um, and so it's a testament to that. And, you know, I, I mentioned that this, this was something that you had asked about and, and were wondering out loud about at least a year ago, because, you know, it's one of those things you, you're, you've got a, a, a great ability to just, just kind of like take, hockey topics at hand and, and look at the bigger picture and look further down the road and look as things start to expand and grow. And, you know, this is just one of those instances where, okay, you know, you had pinpointed the, this is one of the rare affiliations left in the league where there's so much geographical distance still left apart. Will that change at the next, uh, when, you know, when their current deal ends and uh, glad to see that, that they're staying in Utica because uh, it's certainly a hockey town. It's, it's certainly a town deserving of, of a hockey team. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you did mention uh, that, and just wanted to give a kind of the tip of the hat. Uh, you, you did mention this in our last segment, but that Zach Fucali had a, had a really good performance at the Spangler cup. Uh, and so congratulations to him. He, uh, I know he came out and then won at least his first two games that he played. Um, and as you said, they uh, had a strong performance uh, in their final game as well. So just a little uh, tip of the hat to a former uh, player with the Montreal Canadiens organization, but also want to briefly say congratulations to the one and only Chris Terry. Again, we've, I know we've mentioned in the past that, my goodness, the Laval Rocket this year could use, certainly use someone who scores goals. And Chris Terry uh, has become the first player this season the 2018-19 season to hit the 20 goal mark in fact he's now at 21 um so that's pretty impressive and he and dan carr 
Uh, Dan Carr is sitting at number two overall in the points race in the league, and Chris Terry is right behind him at number three. Um, so congratulations to Chris on, on being the first 20-goal scorer for the season. Um, I'm sure that number is going to continue to to go up <laughs> as the season goes on, but uh, glad to see he is still producing at a pretty high level. And I expect that uh, both Carr and, and Terry will, will move past uh, Brandon Peary, who's number one on that list, but, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, has a call up. Um, yeah. Chris Terry, uh, um, as you said, um, where, where would Laval be with both Chris Terry and Dan Carr? Well, yeah. um, you know, um, uh, Chris Terry is, is, uh, is, as you said, he's, He's up there um, leading the, the league in, in, um, in goal production. Um, and uh, Dan Carr, uh, you know, his, his, not only his points, but his, his plus minus, a plus 24 already. Um, he's on a, a 1.43 points per game pace, uh, which is crazy. Um, My goodness. Dan Carr is number one in, in power play goals, uh, number one in power play points. Um, and you look at those two individuals um, at number two and three um, in the, in the points race. And you have to go pretty far down the list to find uh, a Laval rocket. And, and that's uh, Alex Belzal um, with 25 points at number 50 on the list. Um hmm. If you're looking for goal scoring, um, uh, Byron Fraze at 10 goals is 65th in the league in that regard. Um, My goodness. So, uh, you know, the, the choices were made. Um, choices were made by both uh, the head coach and general manager. And the, the situation that the Laval Rocket find themselves in is uh, completely um, – by their own determination is completely self-made. But, you know, maybe there's a solution. There's some breaking news here. Okay. Hot off the press, hot off the press is breaking news. Literally uh, here in the last few minutes, uh, the Laval rocket have signed a forward to a PTO. Uh, his name is Alex Kyle. He is a forward from the, main Mariners of the ECHL. <laughs> um, this will be, he has signed a PTO with the Laval Rocket. This will be Alex's third AHL team this season. He was also loaned, he played, he's played four games for the Utica Comets this year, as well as two games for the Hartford Wolfpack. Uh, in those six AHL games, he has one goal. Um, for the Maine Mariners, he's played in 22 games, has 13 goals and seven assists in the ECHL. He is a left winger, six foot, 194. Um, so there you have it. Breaking breaking news right here on the from the press co- press box podcast. It looks like his previous experience. He played four years in NCAA hockey from 2013 through 2017 at the University of Michigan. And then played very briefly with the Rochester Americans, uh, spent a lot of time in Cincinnati Cyclones uh, last season, and and this year spent most of his time with the Maine Mariners, who we're very well acquainted with. (laughs) Um, I'm still still holding out hope for uh, PTO for (laughs) Zach Boychuk. Um, (laughs) Yeah. 
He had he the, uh, he had three goals in in the Spangler. Why not? And he and Why he not? follows everybody on Twitter. So you everyone know. and their dog, he follows them. Everyone. Yeah. If you join Twitter, Zach Boychuk is probably the first person that follows you, whether you <laughs> like hockey or not. Uh, so there you have it. We have a a new forward. No no word yet as to when he will report. I imagine he will not be there for tonight's game, um, but perhaps we'll see him on Friday. Um, All righty then. Moving on to some other AHL news. Uh, The CCM AHL Player of the Week has been announced. That award goes to Syracuse Crunch defenseman Cal Foote uh, for the period ending December 30th. Uh, He had four goals and an assist, along with a plus seven rating in three games played last week. So that's uh Syracuse has been on a tear as of late and uh they're really uh they're they're right there at the top of the north division um and Cal Foot has had a big part of that for the last week so congratulations to him in addition to that the AHL award winners for the month of December were released uh just today, actually, um, the CCM AHL Player of the Month is Chicago Wolves forward Brandon Peary, uh, who you uh, just mentioned um, as being at the top of the, the point standing there, right ahead of, of Chris Terry and Dan Carr. He had eight goals and 10 assists in just eight games for Chicago during this, the month of December. Um, the Rookie of the Month would be San Antonio Rampage forward Jordan Cairo who has six goals and nine assists in nine games for San Antonio during the month. And the goaltender of the month is Bridgeport Sound Tigers netminder Jeremy Smith, uh, who has only allowed 15 goals on 218 shots during the month of December, posting a 6-1-0 record with a 2.12 goals against and a 931 save percentage. So pretty impressive that Bridgeport's Bridgeport's another one who has – quietly been doing some things um they are in second place in the atlantic division just four points behind the charlotte checkers um bridgeport is is doing things um one seven of the last ten so my goodness and isn't there a you know doesn't the islanders organization have a new general manager probably knows something about development Something like that. I'm, I'm not that. quite sure. Yeah, it's funny because there's another team uh, in the East that's um, doing surprisingly well, stocking the cupboard again this year, uh, and has some very notable names coming up. And that would be the the Charlotte Checkers and the Carolina Hurricanes. And I, you know, I think that there was a guy, really good player development and talent an eye for talent that left the Canadians organization and headed to Carolina and they're having all the success. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's amazing how that happens. Um, Last but not least for this segment, just want to touch on briefly uh, the coaches have been announced for the AHL all-star classic, which happens at the end of this month. And of course um, that usually comes from the top team in each division their coaches usually the ones selected to be the um, guest coaches for the all-star classic so that means mike Vellucci of the charlotte checkers benoit gruel of the syracuse crunch tim army of the iowa wild and roy summer of the san jose barracuda 
will all be the coaches at the 2019 AHL All-Star Classic in Springfield at the end of this month. It's going to be good. Uh, Rosters for the All-Star Game and weekend are uh, expected to be out later on this week, so keep an eye out. We'll have information on that for sure. We also have some information in our next commercial break, so we are going to take a quick breather. Uh, for just a really quick break, give, send some information your way. And on the other side of the commercial break, we're going to come back and we're going to just touch on how things are going down at the World Juniors this year uh, now that knockout round play has begun. So let's see what's happening with the World Juniors up there in Vancouver and Victoria right on the other side of this break. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report. And watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel, at AllHabs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. Rick, what's the best thing about the day after Christmas? Is it the Boxing Day? Are you talking about Boxing Day? I didn't know what Boxing Day was until I joined Twitter and met all you crazy Canadians. (laughs) It's a great day. Boxing Day, you should should adopt uh, uh, one of our holidays. I like uh, it. Yeah, Boxing Day is a good one. It is. And a second Thanksgiving. Have an early Thanksgiving as well. Have a Thanksgiving in October and add Boxing Day. Add both of them. I am so on board for two Thanksgiving dinners. I am right there for that. And say, yes, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I like sales after Christmas. I like it. Mm-hmm. With all Is those gift only... cards that you get oh, at, at yeah. Christmas. And they're mm-hmm. just burning a hole in your pocket. And, mm-hmm. and then January and the other World... thing that happens on Boxing Day. Oh, there's is, something else? Um, mm-hmm. The opening of the World Junior Hockey Championship. Right. You know, it's it's funny how exciting it is. You know, people, hockey fans of the game of hockey just love to rub their hands together in anticipation for the World Juniors to start. Um, and it was no different this year. Would you have predicted after after the initial the, the free play rounds? Uh, would you have predicted that? the U.S. and Canada would both be at position number two in their respective groups. 
Well, that's uh, uh, you. You kind of have to assume <laughs> that that Sweden is going to be number one in their group. Um, True. Given that they have that ridiculous record in round robin play, I think it's up to forty-seven wins in a row now in crazy. in world junior uh, round robin play. It, it's crazy. Just a, a, a ridiculous record, and then um, you know <laughs> they have struggled in um in the in the playoff rounds um the medal rounds but um and i see that they're already down one nothing uh today to to the pesky swiss um, who've actually played pretty well in this tournament they have they have um and the russians always always come with a, a whole boatload of talent uh Russians are always difficult to play against. The the Russia Canada game on on New Year's Eve was was a was a good matchup. Um and and that's something I think that for the US, their for the US uh, their biggest rival is Canada. And yes. for Canada, their biggest ri- rival is Russia. And that goes mm-hmm. back to what's called the, the greatest game ever played. Um uh, well, it goes back to the, the Canada-Russia um, um, 72 Summit Series and then, right. you know, on to 75, 76, whenever that was the greatest game ever played, the Montreal Canadiens versus um, um, the uh, Red Army team uh, on New Year's Eve. Um, and then they kind of renewed that rivalry uh, this New Year's Eve and, and uh, a terrific game and, and Russia um, in doing so, picked up the top spot in in Group A. It's been so pleasing to me that I've gotten to talk so much um, during during the round robin play about my favorite name in hockey, which is Uko Pekalukinen. <laughs> <laughs> and he's gotten plenty of attention. I, I, plenty of people now know the name Uko Pekalukinen. Um, the, the Finns. Um, I think you said the other day, you know, the, the Finns, Finns play well, but they have trouble scoring. Um, and it was uh, that that game against the U.S. on New Year's Eve was a good example of that. It'll be interesting now to see what's going to happen um, today uh, against against Canada. You know, it's it's good to see the name, some names that we've been talking about a lot for the last year, some in some cases the last two years, are really making an impact, Rick. Uh, Ryan Paling, has, talking about taking a look at the future, Ryan Paling has looked phenomenal in this tournament so far. Ryan Paling uh, for Team USA, he, he leads um, uh, the scoring race with five goals and three assists. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's looked strong in every single uh, area of of the ice. Um, he's playing a much more mature game. Um, yes, he is. Uh, and and yeah, he's he's been one of the, the the absolute standouts in the tournament. No no question at all. Right behind him uh, in the points race, uh, flipping over to the the Flyers organization, Morgan Frost has also been very impressive for Team Canada. Morgan Frost has, and, um, uh, you know, he's having a great season in the OHL and, and, uh, has, has not missed a beat, um, coming over. Um, again, he's, he's playing well in, in all aspects, uh, 
of his game. He's got a plus seven so far in the tournament. Um, looking very, very good. And, and uh, uh, saw him at, at the Flyers development camp and, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, we interviewed him there and, and is a, you know, is, is a very smart young man and, and, um, and, and is a great prospect uh, up and coming prospect for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. Absolutely. And the Flyers uh, had to be pleased with uh, Frost's performance in the first game coming out uh, with a, with a hat trick. Um, and then not long after that, uh, Joel Farabee, who is another top Flyers prospect playing for Team USA, had a hattie of his own this week. So uh, Flyers prospects certainly making their names known. Um, are there any other players, not even just on USA and Canada, but just just tournament wide who are who are really standing out for you? Well, I think that. Um... You know, many for Canadians fans, uh, they they talked about the the absolute steal that that Mark Bergevin made in in uh, getting Nick Suzuki uh, in the mm-hmm. Pacioretty trade, and and Nick Suzuki is a fine prospect. But the reason that that Bergevin uh, could could include Nick Suzuki is. Uh, that Vegas has uh, Cody Glass, and and Cody Glass has been um, everything for for Team Canada, playing on the top line, and you can see why uh, playing on the the first wave of the power play, um, him uh, he with Maxime Comtois, and and uh, uh, Cody Glass has been um, you know I I think one of the the best players for um, Team Canada. Um, and as far as Canadians prospects, I think that um, Canadians fans are seeing what Trevor Timmons saw uh, when uh, the Canadians picked Alexander Romanov uh, in the second Absolutely. round, which was a huge surprise and, and mm-hmm. uh, picked him, uh, you know, well ahead of where he was ranked. Uh, but he's been, he's been very good for, for Russia. Um Owen Tippett for, for Canada has been, uh, has been excellent. Um, uh, Jack Stunica, uh, another one. Um, and I think, um, maybe an, uh, kind of an unsung, uh, player, uh, Mackenzie Entwistle has been, has been oh, yeah. a real spark plug of a player. Um, and, and a real standout in, in all the games that, uh, that he's played as well. Um, you know, uh, Jack Norris is someone that I've always liked on on uh, Team Team US. Um, Adam Boquist, who was in the shadow of of, uh, of Rasmus Dahlin, um, we we see him for Team Sweden, um, and uh, we haven't seen him very much, but I understand he'll be in today's game and that's Jack Hughes will be back in the lineup for, um, for team USA. And for the Finns Habs prospect, Jesse Alonen has, has had a decent showing this tournament as well. Um, has a goal and three assists for four points in the tournament so far. His, his name has been uh, mentioned pretty much every time the Finns have played. So good to see him producing as well. Uh, and one more, and we, we talked about uh, the goaltending situation with uh, Michael DiPietro and Ian Scott um, mm-hmm. uh, for Canada. Uh, for the U.S., it uh, looks like uh, Caden Primo is going to get the start uh, tonight against the Czechs. Uh, and he, he's, uh, of course, a seventh-round pick um, by the Montreal Canadiens. He's looked very good as well. 
He has a much better than uh, Kyle Kaiser, who they started the tournament with, uh, who I haven't been overly impressed with. Uh, so it'll be interesting now to see, uh, you know, it's always a nail biter here on out, right? It's uh, what, how are the, how are the, how are the matchups going to shake out? And, um, you know, are there going to be any big upsets? There's been, there's been ups, plenty of upsets in the past. Um, as you say, the Swiss this year are kind of making their presence a little more felt a little bit more than usual. Um, and uh, who knows? It's going to be have an interesting coach, uh, an intense, <laughs> very do. intense coach. Uh, yes. And he's getting the best uh, out of his team this year. And, and uh, I see that there's still one up. Uh, one nothing on the on the Swedes. Uh, a little earlier, Kazakhstan in kind of an exciting game. Kazakhstan beat Denmark. Uh, Denmark had kind of a rough tournament, uh, but they made a game out of it and, and scored twice in the third period um, to come back a little against uh, Kazakhstan. But Kazakhstan prevailed in that one. Uh, and uh, tonight we have, uh, as we said, Canada and the Finns, USA, the Czechs, and Russia versus Slovakia. It's going to be good. You, you know, eyes are going to be glued to those TV sets. Uh, it's some of the most exciting hockey all year round. Um, and it's, you know, it's fun to, to cheer for your favorite teams as well. I admittedly need to stop mixing which country gear I have on because I'm, I'm sending all sorts of like bad juju <laughs> to, to teams. And I, <laughs> because I'm wearing multiple teams all at the same time and it's just bad. It's bad. I'm so sorry. Speaking of gear, I'm not a fan of the Czechs who changed their their jersey um, yeah. this year. They well, went away from that four panel kind of traditional crest, crest. and stuck that yeah. now on their on their shoulder uh, shoulder patch and and kind of a more modern lion on on uh, on on their uh, as their crest. Not not a fan um, of that change. No, not not at all. Who you do, know what who I do, do you like this year? Who do I like to win it? No, as far as the the apparel goes. Oh, you said you you have many different types of. I do well. I um, not jerseys. I'm a I'm a shirt. I'm a team country team shirt collector. I have some hats though too. I should say because that's how I'm mixing. Like sometimes I'll have a USA hat on. Like the other day I had on. When the U.S. played Sweden, I had on a USA hockey hat and a Team Sweden shirt, and that was apparently not a good idea because <laughs> that just didn't go well for the Americans. So I need to stop doing that. Um, but as far as oh, it's hard. I've I've always liked uh, the Team Sweden jersey. I I love uh, Finland's crest the the Swami crest um team russia always looks fantastic i i like um team canada the other day played in their all blacks yeah that, i really liked that look i thought that looked really sharp yeah, i like that their jerseys look terrific yeah it it looks really good looked really really good um so yeah yeah i like you know i like them all <laughs> I don't know that I have a favorite, but I like I like many of them, which is why my and, and I have decided um, I really like Kazakhstan's crest. So I never thought I'd see the day that I'd say I think I need to add a Team Kazakhstan shirt to my collection, but it might need to happen. So send them in, 
Send all the yes, jerseys into Rock All the jerseys direct to me. I'm still mm-hmm. waiting on the Tim Horton hockey trading oh, cards. Oh, but hockey but, cards. That's right. Yes, I've still not gotten any of those. Uh, this week, we have three Laval Rocket games. Uh, our friend Chris G. will be at Place Bell um, Grabbing audio tonight, I'll have the recap for everyone, uh, as well as the live tweeting of the game and all of the updates and so forth. Uh, and then Chris will be handling uh, full coverage for the Laval Rocket uh, at Place Bell on Friday and Saturday against Rochester. So be sure you're following along for all three of those games. Um, it is January now, so going to, you know, yes, Laval is in the bottom of the standings, but they're going to right now in the division, they are six points out of that fourth place position, which is technically usually the the target for a playoff position. So there's six points out of that position behind the Utica Comets who currently hold that. So every point counts uh, and uh, really needs to kind of turn it up another notch. So be sure you're following along at the AHL report on Twitter. You can find me at flyers rule. You can find Rick at all Habs. Um, be sure you hop on to ahl.report for all of the game recaps, uh, as well as updates and post-game audio, things of that nature. Uh, we'll have that for you all week long. Rick, let me ask you one last thing here. All right. Were you a fan of the glow puck? The glow puck? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. 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 Do you think many hockey, true hockey fans, were fans of the glow puck? No, of course not. No, it was okay. it was silly. It was a gimmick. It was, it was, it was before the advent of HD, so that people could follow the puck through the the snowy SD. You know. I understand. Well, anyone who is able to get the LA Kings uh, broadcast of their game this Saturday night. They are doing a an NHL on Fox throwback night on Fox Sports West. So the whole broadcast is going to be kind of a throwback broadcast, apparently, complete with the glow puck. Oh no! So if you've been missing, if you've been missing the glow puck, uh, it just it, word has just started to spread today that I'm seeing here on Twitter that uh, the glow puck will be back for one night only in LA on Saturday night. So. If you missed it, if you've been missing the glow puck, you might want to tune in. <laughs> now that's yeah, that's that's taking a step to the past, but a step to the future. And we saw a bit of that in the Winter Classic game, the the, the Bruins um, versus the Blackhawks mm-hmm. in um, uh, Notre Dame Stadium. Uh, but they had a puck uh, there. Uh, a, a new generation puck that was used that changed colors. Um, and what? that puck changed colors when it warmed up from freezing to uh, above freezing to alert the referees that it was time to change the puck so that it, it wasn't bouncing all over the ice surface. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty impressive. So from but it's glow, not puck glow puck to, to <laughs> yeah, it's not glow puck. It's not the glow puck. <laughs> Sorry. So I just thought it. Yes, technology then and now. 
how far we've come. <laughs> well, Rick, uh, we have a Laval Rock game to get ready for this evening. So make sure all of you uh, follow along with us on Twitter. As you're watching Team Canada, Team USA, the World Juniors, you can you can watch those games and just follow along with us on Twitter as we give you live updates at all about rocket games so that you won't miss a minute of any of your favorite hockey. Uh, and Rick, I think this was a great way to kick off 2019 with a really good episode. Absolutely. Happy uh, 2019 and, and look forward to talking with you again next week. Absolutely. We'll see you next week right here on from the press box. Have a great week. And keep on wishing Remember your dreams Is your only scheme So keep on pushing